0: Welcome to Bruin Success, where we talk to UCLA alumni and explore the many paths to success beyond UCLA. I'm your host, Katie Russo, and today I'm excited to be joined by Monique Billings, WNBA basketball player for the Atlanta Dream. Monique graduated from UCLA in 2018 with a degree in sociology. Monique, welcome to Bruin Success. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So to kick us off, um, you're in a position that many people can only dream about, playing in the WNBA. During your regular season, can you talk a little bit more about what does a day in the life look like for a WNBA player?
1: So a day in the life for me begins with um, waking up in the morning, making a really good breakfast, um, then driving to practice, which isn't too far from my apartment. So I'm usually in the gym for maybe three to four hours, sometimes five. Cause we have individual work in the morning and then we'll do team practice. And then sometimes I'm watching film and then lifting weights during recovery, all that stuff. So usually I will say five hours. I'm in, I'm in the gym in the, in the arena for five hours. And then I go home, um, make some lunch and I have the rest <laughs> of my day to relax, which nice. usually includes napping, yeah. water, watching film, um, whatever I need to do. And I feel like that's my favorite part about being a pro.
0: Yeah, I bet. Um, so can you share a little bit more about your journey from UCLA women's basketball player to now playing in the WNBA? And I'm curious if since getting to the league, um, what's been the biggest like surprise or aha moment that you've experienced, you know, so far?
1: So um, it's funny you bring that up. The biggest Mm -hmm. aha moment for me was the transition from being at UCLA. Obviously, you're very micromanaged. As a student athlete, you have a certain amount of time throughout the day, and it's like it's all set up for you. Like you have no, like literally you have um, no feedback about what goes into your schedule, no opinion. So you're going to practice, you have study hall, class, lunch at this time, dinner at this time. And it's just so structured. So the best part for me, it's exactly what I just told you. Like oh, I go yeah. to work, I clock in, I clock out. So that was the biggest, um, I guess, aha moment. And I yeah. love it. I'm very um, independent. So I like having my free time and I like getting my business done, but like when I want to do it. So that was the biggest transition. But yeah, I played for ucla women's basketball for four years um i guess it was maybe always in the back of my mind to go pro but i never thought i
0: would be able to yeah i was gonna ask you that yeah
1: never thought i would be able to just because kids i'm from corona california like you know that's that's not my story you know (laughs) like no one knows who i am so i don't know but god was so good and gave me that opportunity and i'm just forever grateful
0: that's awesome that's that's super super amazing to hear Thank you. Um, and it's funny, like you said, I think it's crazy to think about that shift, I'm sure of like going from no wiggle room in your schedule, like you were saying, and everything planned out to a T, to you getting to you know, show up, go to work, be in the gym for x amount hours, and then you have this flexibility and freedom in your schedule to, you know, spend the rest of your time outside of work or off the court doing what you, you know, want to do. So I'm sure that's been a huge, you know, like night and day for you. It's so
1: funny to me because I compare travel days the most. So in the WNBA, when we travel, travel, we'll leave in the morning, get to a city, and then they, I, when we're getting off the bus, they say, see you tomorrow at 10 a.m. And it's like, you yeah. can do whatever you want. Yeah. You know, oh. at college, it's like, oh, you have curfew. We have dinner at this time, right. study hall at this time. And I'm like, right. oh my gosh, can I just have like a second?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, so we've all heard the mantra, do what you love and you'll never have to work a day in your life. While some people may believe that, doing what you love is hard work. I'm curious for you as someone who loves basketball and has worked to make that your job, sometimes doing what you love changes your relationship with what you love. Um, how have you been able to sustain your passion or love of the game? Or how do you find balance to find time for your other passions outside of basketball?
1: I love that question. So balance is so important. And I call myself the self-care queen because I, I need self-care in order to be my best self on the court. So. You know that includes getting your nails done, getting your hair done, facial, but it's also meditation and writing, mm-hmm. spending just time with yourself and just like rebalancing, reconnecting with yourself because no matter what you're doing, like I love playing basketball and it's so much fun, but i get yeah. I can potentially get burnt out sometimes you know yeah. I'm tired, my body hurts. And um, sometimes I just lose sight of my purpose. I'm like, what's my why? And I just have to come back to that. So that definitely helps me keep balance as well. But balance is so important. Um, but definitely balancing the girly the girly and feminine mm-hmm. side of me, as well as being an athlete, that also helps. So I'm not just in basketball clothes or um, sweats all
0: day. You know, okay. I like dressing
1: up. I like wearing dresses and heels and makeup. So even that's a balance, which is finding what works for you. I feel like that's what keeps me fresh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think your point about like self-care, like you were saying, it's not just, it it can look into, you know, kind of have many different forms, whether it is like a facial or pedicure, but also like you said, like meditation or mindfulness and things like I feel like, especially now, you know, there's even uh, another fellow Bruin, Kevin Love and his, you know, foundation and mental health is such a big conversation in general, but I feel like has really become a big conversation in the sports world. So I think that's such a, you know, point you hit on of talking about how are you making sure you're taking care of your, you know, mind, body, spirit, whatever that looks like for you. So yes, preach Katie. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) She snapped. She snapped there folks. (laughs) Thank you in here. (laughs) Um, Awesome. So how do you feel um, that your UCLA student athlete experience prepared you to reach this high level of success? So earlier in your career, or how did it prepare you to kind of navigate playing at the highest level? I have to give a shout
1: out to coach close, coach Corey close, who was my coach for four years at UCLA, because she incorporated a lot of balance with our program. And um, I'm just so extremely grateful for that. You know, I had a, I have an interest in fashion. So she would set me up with different people who were in that niche, or um, photography, modeling, like I got to help plan the different UCLA photo shoots, so there's different stuff like that, and just trying to connect us with things that we're interested in outside of basketball, because basketball, like even, okay, being at UCLA, you know, we do so much together, we're spending so much time together, so um, I feel like just my time at UCLA, I was prepared. Um, I did like a fashion internship, which was awesome. Oh
0: Wow, that's so cool.
1: Yeah. So I think that was a great way for me to kind of have balance there and now being able to incorporate that into my life still.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's great. And that's, I feel like that's rare too, because I feel like a lot of times when you talk to student athletes, there's not... There isn't that time allotted or even created or space for you to be able to pursue some of those other things or dabble in those other areas, like you said, of interest. So that's so great to hear that you were able to kind of carve out some of those different opportunities with the help of your coach and stuff like that.
1: And I also do want to say that like, you have to hustle because if you're not performing and not doing well at your craft, you're not going to get those opportunities. So right. it's like you do gotcha. have to take care of, yeah, you have to take yeah. care of business and to make sure that you're handling business on the court. And then those other opportunities will open up for you.
0: Right. Right. Um, so in the last few years, this is kind of going back a little bit, um, to one of the previous points of our conversation, but in the last few years, there's been much more talk in the media, um, from LeBron James and other notable sports figures about the more than an athlete movement. Um, and how athletes are using their voice off the court. What are your thoughts on this and how have you been able to kind of create your lane off the court and use your platform to establish your brand?
1: I love defining myself as being more than an athlete because, I mean, I am, you know what I mean? Athletics, basketball is definitely my platform, but I feel like my purpose in life is so much bigger than that. And um, I'm only 23, but I'm constantly discovering what my purpose is and how basketball is just kind of the launch pad. And it's just right. going to um, launch me into, into orbit, I guess you could say, um, <laughs> the beautiful things that I want to be a part of and that I want to do. So I'm very thankful for the platform of being an athlete, but I'm also thankful that me personally, I do have other interests because I know a lot of people who it's like, it's just basketball, just my wow. sport. And um, one day the ball's going to go flat and you have to prepare for that. And so I'm thankful to have parents who have kept me grounded and um, kept me focused on being more than just a basketball player. So I have a lot of different interests in my life. And um,
0: yeah. That's that's awesome. That's great to hear. And I saw too that you have a YouTube channel for your fans and followers. What type of content do you hope to kind of share with people on there?
1: I always just try to share my life and my journey. So Mm -hmm. traveling, traveling all over the world, playing basketball. Um, I have videos where I'm showing like my translator when I was in China or South Korea, the food that I eat. Um, I have a lot of travel vlogs, but just, I started that when I was at UCLA, kind of showing that the other side of being a student athlete, you know, people see us on the court and people see that version of us, but I wanted to show like, this is really what it's like right. and all positive things. I don't want anything negative on my channel, but, yeah. um, I've enjoyed it. It's been kind of tough and up and down, but I love being able to go back and say, wow, that was five years ago. Yeah. One day I'll go back and say, oh my gosh, that was 10 years ago. Right. And hopefully I could show my children one day when I have kids. Yeah. I'm to be able to show them my journeys. And so I'm going to keep documenting. And I get so many questions like, what do you do
0: overseas? What do you do this? Yeah. Do you do? And you're like, here we go. Like, there's a yeah. whole channel. You can check it out. Yeah. Yes, literally. Um, what's been one of the, your like most favorite places you've traveled to so far? So on the court,
1: favorite place was China and playing in China. It was amazing off the court. My favorite place to travel to was maybe South Korea. Okay. South Korea or maybe Turkey. I was just in Turkey. I was going to say you
0: were just in Turkey, right? Okay. Mm -hmm.
1: I was only there for a short amount of time, but the people there were so kind to me. And um usually when I go overseas it's like the opposite. The people aren't too yeah. kind. Yeah.
0: <laughs> people in Turkey. Mixed so reactions, happy. right? Yeah.
1: For sure. They're so welcoming and um yeah, I'm really looking forward to go back to Turkey.
0: Oh, that's that's so cool. <laughs> Um, so I can only imagine the level of pressure and determination you've experienced competing at such a high level, starting with UCLA and now to the WNBA. And we know in the professional sports world, men's and women's sports get treated differently. What advice would you give to up and coming young female athletes who may be in your exact shoes like five years, five years ago?
1: Right. Um, great question. Come with the great questions. (laughs) Thank you. I always advise people to believe in themselves and to really just have tunnel vision. You know, if I can go back to myself five years ago, I would just say, you know, write down what you want to do, write down how you're going to do it. Even if you don't know how you're going to do it, just make a master plan and wow. follow through with it. You know, um, put people in your life or just find people who really believe in you. I feel like that has been so huge for me. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. Finding people who see my vision, see what I want to do on the court, off the court. They align with what the good that I'm trying to put out in the world. And um, they're just, they're there as a resource. Even like you, like I'm going to put you on the spot right now. You so know, I reach out to you and I'm like, you know what? I want to use my UCLA network and you just being here for me, and be, being willing to help me. It's just good people along your path. And that's another thing. I advise people to network. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I wish I would have known, like I knew in college, but I, I just didn't network enough. Mm-hmm. And I wish I did. I did a solid amount, but I just wish I networked so much more because it's literally who you know in this world.
0: Yeah. That's funny. I was going to ask you, that was another thing I was thinking of asking you was asking if you could go back in time, is there anything you would kind of change or do differently during your time at UCLA? So
1: damn, network, 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 just with everybody, even just with regular students we call them not narps non-athletic regular people so if i (laughs) could if i could have just networked more because those are the owners of companies now and you know they're doing great things and cool things and i was the the sleepy athlete who didn't want (laughs) to (laughs) <laughs> didn't feel like networking or didn't feel like going the extra mile to do so oh, and you didn't have time in your schedule for networking right there was I like mean flow. I would have had to add it in there right, some way somehow yeah. you know yeah it was important so yeah. if I could have networked a lot more I just would have that's I'm just I'm a hustler so mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah no, that's, uh, that's great advice too. Like you said, starting with believing in yourself and kind of establishing that tunnel vision of where do you want to be and you know, carving out the steps or kind of making that action plan to get there oh. along with doing the more networking, which you're not the only one that says that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so my final question for you is since leaving UCLA, um, which was not too long ago, how has your career and life experiences so far shaped how you define success?
1: Hmm. That's a great question. I would say I don't let other people define success for me. Mm -hmm. I always try to define what success is for myself. And that's tough because especially in the world of social media, you know, you're comparing yourself even as much as I try not to. Everyone compares themselves. No, you're always looking at other people's stats and achievements and stuff. But one thing that I've really come to realize and that I'm really embracing is that what's for me is for me. Mm. And what's for me is not going to pass me. So when I'm measuring success, um, I always just try to think, how do I feel? How do I feel right now? Do I feel like I could have done more? Do I feel like I should have done more, done better? Did I do great? Did I do a really good job? And um, it's again, balance, having balance and just keeping it real with yourself.
0: Yeah, I love that. I, I And I love that um, quote. That's another one I love too. The Like what's for me will not pass me by. And like you said, it's, you know, the, the right things will come at the right time and just to stay open and present and, you know, seize those opportunities. So I, I love that. And like you said, it's so hard for us not to compare ourselves to others, especially now, but to really focus on yourself and what's important to you. And like you said, what, what are those things that make you feel good, right? It doesn't, you know, it might be measured differently by outsiders, but what makes you feel proud or, you know, happy or joyful and things like that. The way that you measure success is going to be so different than how
1: other people measure measure success. But as long as you're feeling good and content at the end of the
0: day, that's all that matters. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Monique, for taking time to join us and for our conversation today. It was so wonderful to hear more about your journey to the WNBA. Thank you again. And once professional basketball comes back, we look forward to seeing you on the court again, representing UCLA.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. Of course.
0: You've been listening to Bruin Success. Our guest this week was Monique Billings, WNBA basketball player. You can find more information on Monique in the description of the podcast. Follow Partnership UCLA Alumni Career Programs on Instagram and Facebook to keep up with Bruin's success. If you enjoyed our podcast, subscribe to it, tell a friend, or share your appreciation on social media. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time when we're back with Elizabeth Michaels of the ARVR team at Facebook. This podcast was made possible by UCLA alumni.